Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including gender. It's the beginning of Black History Month, and scholars and lawmakers are all riled up about the College Board's Advanced Placement African American Studies curriculum. Conservatives, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, howled about a draft version they called woke indoctrination. We want education, not indoctrination. The College Board changed it, downgrading some contemporary topics, including Black Lives Matter, queer life, and the debate over reparations, insisting politics had nothing to do with it. College Board CEO David Coleman, first on CBS Mornings, explained. We at the College Board don't really look to the statements of politicians, but we do look to the record of history. So when we revised the course, there were only two things we went to, feedback from teachers and students, as well as 300 professors who have been involved in building the course. And we went back to principals that have guided AP for a long time and served us well. But hundreds of professors have signed a letter on Medium.com calling the interference censorship an indicative of a white supremacist ideology. We asked Professor Mark Anthony Neal, chair of African and African-American studies at Duke University, who signed it, why that terminology. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You know, it's an ongoing process of what we've seen in Florida. You know, Florida is becoming a blueprint um, on how to tamper down, you know, wokeness. But it's not just about wokeness, right? It's about freedom of speech. It's about freedom of information. It's about freedom of knowledge. And when you see the kind of attacks on books and book bans that come out of a state like Florida, and then this particular attack on the AP African-American Studies course, which, of course, has been vetted and curated by hundreds of established, well-established national and international scholars of African-American studies, it seems like it was something more than just a disagreement, right? That it was a blatant attempt to censor one particular aspect of how we talk about the United States, particularly as it relates to race and in particular in that how it relates to black people. And I've got to ask you, because I know a lot of people are still thinking, what does wokeness mean? Some argue that it's, you know, a way to get people into political activism and some activism. And some people say, no, it's actual black history. Which is it? No, it's about black people, right? And it's it's a term that without having to say black people, just like critical race theory, right? It's a, it's a way to particularly to name the presence of black people in the public discourse in a way that you don't actually have to say this is that we don't like black people and we don't like black history. 
So the College Board made some changes in its initial uh, release of this, and they claims that they are not political. What is this group of academics problem with the changes it made? It still has Africa. It still has slavery, but it's downgraded some contemporary issues like Black Lives Matter, right? When I looked at the curriculum, um, and I have friends who worked on the executive committee of this you know, in terms of making certain kinds of decisions towards the begin- the end of the rollout, there was a progressive aspect to the curriculum that was edited out. I, I take it, it at word when I hear my colleagues say that they were not politically motivated, that these decisions were actually made well before DeSantis, you know, made his comments about it, right? And I actually think it's very shrewd on the governor's part to, in, in, you know, to put himself in this discourse when the decision had already been made because it plays out for him as a political victory that he didn't actually earn and didn't deserve to earn within this context. And at the same time, it disparages the legitimate work that scholars did to make sure that this was something that was marketable and, and presentable to a wide swath of, you know, courses and schools in which this AP course would be uh, offered. That being said, you know, when I see the absence of figures like a Robin D.G. Kelly or Bell Hooks, you know, as someone who went through public high school in the 1980s, late 1970s, and didn't have access to African-American history, didn't have access to Black studies, you know, as we know it now, it would have been incredible to have high school students be introduced to a Bell Hooks or Robin D.G. Kelly uh, or Roderick Ferguson, who's been very public and outspoken about being excised, you know, from, you know, this particular version of the curriculum. But I'm also a pragmatist. Um, and I understand that part of this AP course is to make African-American studies visible to high school students in ways that it's never been visible to. So if we can introduce to them, you know, on some sort of scaled down version what this is, it is the job of us now as academics and scholars in higher ed to really to add the kind of heft, you know, to what there's what's being introduced to them, you know, in an AP course. And that's the reality of most AP courses. Right? You don't take an AP chemistry course and expect to have a full, broad understanding of chemistry. Right. When you take college, you know, chemistry, when you take chem two or, you know, chem two or chem three. You know, AP chem course doesn't prepare you for that. And and nor should I think an AP African-American studies course, you know, really immerse you in the short period of time that it will have to, you know, progressive ideas that circulate in the context of black studies. Some of the teachers that I have spoken to who I don't I don't think there's a single person that has supported this. They say did no one read 1984? This is a whole dangerous future thing where people are vanished and history is vanished. Do you think that's what's happening here? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> okay, that's good to not know. At all. <laughs> what do you think is happening? I, I think because the way that the right has talked about Black studies and critical race theory over the last two years, you know, it has resonated for many folks who would not know the difference one way or the other. Most Americans have no idea how AP courses are created. Um, if you were a high school student or the parent of a high school student who didn't take an AP course, right? And it's not like the majority of high school students take AP courses, right? This is a world that you're oblivious to. And because it's now attached 
attached to an African-American studies course, right? And again, even the way we talk about it, most folks fall back African-American history. No, it's not African-American history. It is a legitimate academic field of African-American studies, which has existed in the American Academy for more than 60 years. And arguably, if you go back, you know, to the work of Carter G. Woodson, has existed in this country, you know, for more than a century. For most white Americans, when they hear that, right, you know, this idea of critical race theory and blackness and wokeness, they don't believe that it is legitimate academic and a legitimate academic endeavor. And that's why I think it's important to understand that, you know, the college board understood the value of placing this, you know, on the desk of, of American students, the possibility for them to take this course. And to also understand that this was a course where it's not just drawn on from out of the sky, that hundreds of well-regarded, award-winning, you know, scholars of African-American studies argued, you know, over a period of a year and, and, and longer to make sure that we could present something that would be credible and accessible to American uh, high school students. Talk to me about how changes in this class that's going to be, that's being, you know, piloted in 60 schools would affect young people. What won't they learn here and what will it mean to how they think about themselves? I think they won't have a sustained conversation about some of the more contemporary progressive issues that affect them in the here and now. Um, and, and I think, again, when I listen to the language of some of my colleagues, I'm thinking particularly of, of Carrie Hange. Carrie Haney, who was on the executive committee, who pulled it together and, and who actually is my dean here at Duke, um, you know, I, I take him at his word when he suggests that it would have been difficult to really equip students and teachers to be able to run through all the kind of critical issues that come up in the contemporary in three weeks. So whether we're talking about Black Lives Matter uh, whether or not we're having real serious discussions about Black feminist theory or Black queer theory, um, it, I don't think it would have been fair to students or teachers to expect them to cover the full uh, range of that in a three-week period. And so what they have substituted are the opportunities for students to pick subjects in which they can do projects, right, to do individually do more sustained work. And again, I think this is really just about an introduction of AP African-American studies, right? Most students, when they come to college, it's not in their mind to major in African-American studies. Here at Duke, we typically don't see majors, folks decide to become majors until they've been here for a year or two, right? Because they come in wanting to be lawyers and doctors, et cetera, et cetera. What the African-American studies AP course is does is create a context in which that is something that's now on their mind when they come to a place like Duke. It's like, you know, I enjoyed this, AP course, maybe this will be a field of study for me, you know, for my four years at this university and college. And so that people understand this is way beyond history. This is everything. This is music. This is politics, right? This is music. This is college politics. This is sociology, right? It's the understanding of the civil rights movement, not just as a historical moment, but as political theory, you know, as one example. So let me ask you a question. In your letter, uh, you all say that you're going to work to secure access to this class, Pre presumably not what some are calling a watered down version of that. What do you mean by that? And how would you go about it? I can't speak for all of my colleagues in, in terms of the content of the letter. But in my mind, um, I would like to see us go back uh, to a model and, and really my feelings here really predate the conversation about development of the AP course and how it's been rolled out. But, you know, much of what happened in the 1950s and the 60s was also a byproduct of sustained study. 
you know, folks like Ella Jo Baker and Martin Luther King spent time at the Highlander School, you know, in Tennessee to learn the kind of strategies of nonviolence and, and civil disobedience, you know, which they, of course, went on to, you know, take to a whole different kind of level. When we think about the freedom schools of the 1960s, I'd like to see Black studies in the spirit of what Black studies was in the 1960s be much more proactive in terms of engaging young folks where they are to bring Black study in the curriculum to them directly without necessarily having to rely on formal institutions of education, whether it's uh, higher education or secondary education to be able to deliver this. I think part of the value and the genius of what we've seen in terms of Black Twitter over the last decade and, and the, the visibility of Black academics on Black Twitter is, in fact, an extension of bringing Black study to the masses as opposed to thinking that it just has to happen, you know, in the four walls of a classroom. Just one more, Mark. Do you personally think that any appearance that the college board has changed this class due to the political content in this nation. Does this set a dangerous precedent? I think if we don't talk about it in a way that's honest, like, again, I I think Governor DeSantis was shrewd, obviously disagreed with his politics and, and his policies on so many different levels, but he placed himself in a conversation that for a decision that had already been made and it looks like a political victory for him that the college board capitulated. The reality is that we never expected the college board to be the most radical or progressive progressive entity in American (laughs) education, right? That's not what they do. Um, But that they were willing to create the husk, right, to be able to structure for an AP African American Studies course, right? Then it becomes a responsibility to to take that and run with it and do something much more impactful with it. That was Professor Mark Anthony Neal, Chair of African and African American Studies at Duke University. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And thanks for leaving a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.